Thank you for tuning in to a couple of Kimer's podcasts. I am your co-host, Francesca. People call me Frankie. And I'm your co-host, Christopher. People call me Chris. Hello, hello, everyone. We are going to start off, per the usual, with Attitude of Gratitude. And today, I am grateful for the rain. It rained today, and we have been doing a little bit of super small landscaping things, keeping it super simple because neither one of us is, like, into gardening and all that stuff. But, of course, you know, as homeowners, you want your yard to look nice and whatnot. So we got it all sorted out in the front, and so we've been, like, watering because apparently that establishes the bushes, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. But Chris has been doing really the watering. And we had rain today, so no water needed. And it cooled down after some few days of really warm days, which I didn't mind too much as long as I had some AC to get to. But I do prefer the hot weather over the cold weather. So it's just kind of nice to have a little bit cooler. We didn't, like, make it too cold, though. So... I'm grateful for the rain. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for rest. Just catching up on rest when it comes to, you know, doing things and you feel tired or exhausted from long days and stuff. You just need to rest your body, your mind, and sometimes even your spirit to where you need to feel rejuvenated and ready to do tasks or things the following day or days and yeah I'm just like I said grateful for rest need to recharge and reset nice so today's topic how to handle disagreements in your personal and professional life ooh Let's start with personal, since I said it first. Okay. So you give us some structure, because the last podcast, we were just <laughs> all over the place. So hopefully y'all followed along and enjoyed our Over Here Everywhere podcast. We're going to try to keep this one a little bit more streamlined, but, you know, we are who we are. So, yeah. personal life. What you got? Mm, you know... When it comes to personal life and things pop up, like I was thinking along the lines of you know, conflict resolution. I mean, obviously, people are not always going to see eye to eye on different things, different topics and whatnot. But I think it's always good to like express your views and why you think and or feel the way that you do and just try to come to some type of common ground. It's like, okay, you know what, I can see what you're saying on that, but on this part, I'm not sure, but I'm willing to work with that other thing. And I think some people are not necessarily equipped to do that or really taught to do that. And it's just really sad because, you know, you can avoid a lot of drama and unnecessary arguments about whatever if... You know, you just try to stay calm and give yourself some time to 
relax and it's like, okay, well, let's let's try to talk this out. And, you know, you try to understand where each other's coming from and be open-minded to it. I think that's the biggest hurdle when it comes to disagreements is being open-minded to learning something different from someone else. Mm-hmm. And not to say that it's a right or wrong thing because it's, it's not. It's a, okay, well, what makes sense in this situation for us to accomplish what we need to accomplish, whether we're talking about couples, whether we're talking about friends, that's like what what do we need to do in order to resolve whatever issue there is so we can move forward and continue to grow? Yeah, or just decide that it's run its course. Yeah, because I mean that happens too. Oh yeah. Yeah, so just depends what your end goal is. So if it's like, okay, we have in your personal life, you have a disagreement with family or friend, and, you know, it depends. Is the first disagreement? Is it one of many? Is it one of few? You know, I don't know. I think for me with all decisions in life, including disagreements, you have to, like, consider the whole situation. And a phrase that my mom always used to say is, like, consider the source. Yes, my mom was the, <laughs> said the same thing consider throughout the my source. whole life. So it's just, like, where is it coming from? You know, mm-hmm. did it come from... You know, everyone has their viewpoints on other people. Call it judging, call it whatever you want. But everyone has their viewpoints on who someone is, you know, based on what you know about them to be true or false, how they've treated you in the past, et cetera, et cetera. So putting all that together, one, how I handle it is consider the source. Is this person known for these type of behaviors? Um, How much do you actually know about this person and what's made them who they are, you know? Um, But I think just in general... Or it could be these people. It could be a group, especially once we get to professional life. Sometimes it's like disagreements with a person or like a company. But anyway, personal. Um, I would just say like step one, what I try to do is keep my cool. Yeah. I don't let too many things round me up and get a reaction out of me. Because a lot of times, once you give that reaction, all actions have a have a reaction. So if you already are reacting to that situation, that's going to cause another reaction. And I like to be the one that stops the action. It gives me some sense of control of the situation so that I can best handle it for me. You know? Yeah, that's something that I had to learn for years because I'm such a passionate person. And, you know, when I'm ready to talk about something or express my views and when I like out, you know, I get all into it. But I had to learn that, you know, you could still be a passionate person. And I don't think anything is wrong with that. I'm just yeah. saying how I handle it. Like, I don't think it's anything wrong if you feel so led to rebuttal and react I don't necessarily think it's wrong to react no it's not I'm just saying like for me I had to learn um, for whatever reason some people 
tend to take that in a negative way, and I've never understood it, but I guess I've learned that, you know, some people just react that way to people who are passionate and ready to articulate things and rebuttal, and, you know, okay, like, some people get a little loud, some people may, and I don't mean, like, disrespectfully loud, but, like, a little loud because, yeah, there there's some emotion um, behind it or attached to it, and that's totally okay with me. Um, I think it's when you get so loud and getting to the point cussing people out and stuff like that like okay that's that's right. too much that's absurd right i think i agree that's that's too much but even if i'd not like that like i said I, i've definitely and i learned this too like not everybody is always quote-unquote passionate about the same things either mm-hmm. and just because mm-hmm. you may be passionate doesn't mean that that person will be as well and it doesn't always mean that, you know, they're just going to allow you or, you know, let you just, you know, express your passion for whatever reason. Because some some people are just the type where they're just calm all the way around. And that's, like I said, that's fine. I'm, I fluctuate with that because, yeah, for me, I, I'm really into different things and various topics. And I can go on. I can get a little loud like yes this is how I feel but you know I'm not going to uh, put them down for it you know my thing is I've learned to just shut up and let the other person speak and as they're speaking I'm paying attention to what they're saying and also taking in consideration what they're saying and seeing if I can better understand and learn something from that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I agree so, you know, like I said before, like for me, I like the, the reaction to stop with me. I'm not like a reactor. I think almost naturally for me, I'm not a reactor because I also prescribe to the belief of like you can't control anyone but yourself. And once you realize that, that gives you the power <laughs> For you to move on, like when you're so focused on what other people are doing, that can just consume you. And it's like, you can't control what they do. Like you could fight your entire life. We can get into more, you know, societal issues and everything. Not to say it's not worth dedicating life to, you know, your life to certain things, but just realize that you ultimately You could be a catalyst for the change, but you are not going to change that person. You yourself are not. You might be a catalyst, and then they'll come to realization and decide for themselves that they're going to change or whatever. But you you cannot change them. And that's just how I think of things in, like, a general sense. So with that... You know, it takes energy to re- react. It takes energy to to do a lot of things when you disagree with someone. So I like to sit back, reflect, and then push forward after that. And react not in the moment because once you do, you can't take back or undo what you say or do. So I believe it's wise to think about it. And some people's thinking process is pretty quick. Mine don't always be. 
Because I think of one thing, mm-hmm. and it might be okay, but if I would have sat on it, it could be better. Yeah. You know, you can always do something better. I believe that, too. Um, but, yeah. That's just how I, I deal with personal disagreements. And then, ultimately, if you get to a point, just agree to disagree. Yeah. Because, once again, you can't change nobody. Nope. If you decide to try to be the catalyst, fine. But just know, like, I think it just gets really dangerous when you think and dedicate that you are the person that's going to change when you, like, completely... It's almost like you're completely ignoring that the other person exists and has free will. Like, they're going to decide whether or not they're going to change. Yes, sometimes you need the tools because if you're not, you know... enlightened or ever run into a situation where you put yourself in or you find yourself in to enlighten you, yes, you could go around ignorant to things just based on a lot of factors, never encountering it for whatever reason, whether it's personal choice or circumstance. But it's just like end of day, that doesn't mean there's a recipe to absolutely make a change. Yeah. There has to be a decision on the other party's part. And yeah. that you have no you have no power in. Yeah. You know, there's one thing to have ignorance about things because we all have ignorance when it comes to different things that we're not aware or know about things we know about or aware of. You know, that that's okay, that's normal, that's natural. However, I've re- I've learned over the years there is such a thing as willful ignorance and what I mean by mm-hmm. that is there are people who who really do not want to know and don't care that they yeah. don't know and to me you know those were the people who I would just look at like you could present facts about something to them they're about a situation believe what they believe. and they're just going to believe what they're going to believe and I used to I remember young when I was younger that used to bug me because I'm like wait you're going to choose to just not Be believe ignorant. you know and like i said because it's just one thing for everybody to have some level some degree of ignorance and like mm-hmm. i said that's totally okay but i've also had to learn like you know what it's okay too for people to be willfully ignorant like that's totally okay because that's a harder pill to swallow though that's but it's true it is it is you know and i think there's power too in understanding where you're powerless yes I know it's probably not like a popular opinion, whatever, but it's like just knowing where, just accepting like some things you just have to accept, or you'll drive yourself crazy. Yep. Like, and it's unhealthy for you because when you try to just overpower and control, and I'm speaking from experience here, I'm not like talking to nobody but my old self. So. It's just like if you try to control and you think that you're like the end all be all of someone or something, you're wrong. You're wrong. So just understanding that your power is literally with you and what you do and it ain't got nothing to do with them. You winning. Yeah. Exactly. And. You know, like I said, that that willful ignorance, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it was definitely something that, 
I had to really adjust to because, like like you said, people have this sense of power and believe that, you know, when you talk with someone, you communicate, you have a conversation, you can enlighten or inform them, but even as much as you think you enlightening and informing them, they can still shut the door on it. Regardless. And what reminds me of, I know this is a weak example, but it's kind of funny to me because what literally came to mind was <laughs> my grandfather, my mom's dad, um, jokester, you know, really fun-loving man, but he <laughs> was very headstrong when it came to certain things. Like, for example, I can't remember a specific word, but in general, if a word came about and you'd be like, Grandpa, that word does not mean that. Yes, it does. No, it don't. Yes, it does. You go grab the dictionary, the literal source that we get our language from and you know, create the meanings and definitions, the most official source you can find, a published dictionary, show him, see, that's what that means, not that. This It means that. Now, I don't care what that dictionary say. That's what that means. I said what it means. That's what, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will for ignorance. He, yeah. did not, he did not care. What you say, you could bring as many facts, and I know that's a more lighthearted, less serious situation, but that's just what, excuse me, popped into my mind when you said that. Like, you could present all you want, and then if you put that, like, in just a more intense, more serious situation, the root of it is the same. You could exhaust yourself with trying to, you know, research and facts and graphs and spreadsheets and whatever you want to do if that person or company if we want to kind of transition into professional doesn't want to see what you're saying doesn't want to adapt doesn't want to agree doesn't want to apply what you're saying they'll willfully be ignorant there's nothing you could do and once again that has nothing to do with you you can't control it you were the catalyst to try to make the change. They did not decide to make the change. Right. Therefore, the change is not made, no matter what you do. Backflips and so on. So, you know. Exactly, because essentially willful ignorance is another way of saying closed-minded. You yeah. Know, they're, they're content with what they know. And how they see things. And you know what? As long as you're able to function in life, like, hey, more power to you. Mm-hmm. No problem. But, yeah, I do think with certain topics come up or certain situations, like, yeah. In that situation, of course, I was lighthearted. No, nothing real serious. Nobody but was harmed. Nobody <laughs> was harmed. But, yeah, I think when it, comes to when, you, when it comes to dealing with people's lives, when it comes to dealing with life or death situations, sorry, willful ignorance is... Very bad in my mind, mm-hmm. and when I say life or death situations, it's dangerous. I'm talking about like you know someone has a loved one who is ill; they need medical attention, but you want to be willfully ignorant to addressing their medical needs or concerns. Mm-hmm. That's when, to me, willful ignorance is a serious problem. Yeah, there's lots of situations, and that's one of them for sure. 
oh, no, you know, they're not like that. Like, no, they're like this because of, like, no, whatever you want to think or believe, I mean, you're entitled to that because that is your view, that is your perspective. However, do not allow your perspective to get someone ill or dead. Like, don't don't do that. Mm-hmm. Reminds me kind of, yeah, I don't think you watched it, but the latest, I love Red Table Talk with Jada, her mom, and Willow, and Michael Eric Dyson. Wait, I said it right? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought I said Eric Michael Dyson. No, Michael Eric Dyson. Okay. <laughs> In my head, I said it the other way around. <laughs> anyway, Michael Eric Dyson was on there, and he was saying, like, a lot of biases, because they were talking about um, black community versus Asian community, and, like, the hate that um, exists between the two and, like, the history and all that stuff. But what he was saying at one point was that a lot of people in this situation and in multiple situations, but get it out. Okay. He was saying that you're basing your biases on a very small sample size. So it's like, what is your sample size that is making your decision for an entire continent of people? Because they were talking about black versus Asian. Of course, he was more speaking from the black side of it, the black, you know, general thought and the black community and what a lot of people were expressing with the whole Asian hate situation um, in recent news but um like you're saying what's your sample size so somebody might be having going back to the medical thing as you gave an example they might have a tiny sample size of why this works and you have a larger broader scale sample size of why what you believe works and they're gonna still die hard believe what they believe based on a very tiny sample size so it just depends on the life people have led and what they've believed to be true for whatever reason. And I think the larger your sample size, the broader your view. Yeah. But if you haven't experienced life in certain ways, whether it be your fault or not, it's still the reality. And yeah, that's where people get their, their biases and make their decisions on their own personal sample sizes. Yeah, and that's so, so how true. How big is your sample size? <laughs> right, that's to be a question to ask yourself when you're making a decision. What's my sample size that I have decided that this is fact, you know, or this is best? Exactly. But transitioning to professional life, mm-hmm. how do you deal with disagreements in professional life? I think for me. Whew, yeah, being a true diehard millennial, <laughs> I have had quite the course with my professional life. So many ups and downs very early on. I would consider my professional life post-college. That's kind of where I would start. So 21, 22 and up. So 10 years, the past 10 years, my professional disagreements. It's hard. I think I just had to learn along the way and I'm still learning. I think early on for me, I just brunted a lot of the blows. Like I just took it and 
was upset, moved, you know, emotionally, because who I am and who I've been for a long time, I didn't say much, kind of stay shut mouth, I would say, and just deal with it because it just feels like they're their superior, you're inferior. If it's also dealing with someone that you might feel is on the same level, you just don't want to, like, mess up the work vibe or mess up anything for yourself. Like, that's how I would think. Like, oh, Francesca, you don't want to mess up anything for yourself. So even though there might be a disagreement with someone that you see, you know, is your equal, you still kind of just, I would just stay shut mouth because, oh, what if it gets to the superiors and then you lose your job? It's, it's a lot of working out of fear, I felt like, early on. It was just yeah. like, do what you're told, earn your space, and just stay shut mouth. At work. So, of course, when I'm off work, I'm talking all type of cash money. <laughs> Trash about these people. But at work, in my professional life, I was just kind of robotic. And let things roll off my back, seemingly. But, of course, I was more like harboring it, I guess. Because I felt like I had to. Because I felt so new and, like, that I had to behave. Or be seen a certain way as, you know, agreeable. Which is not always the best. Because then people, the wrong people, will use that to their advantage. But I think I slowly morphed out of that once, as a true millennial, I was able to reflect on you know, several experiences at a certain point, you know, once I had those several experiences and be like, mm-mm, like they did nothing for me but teach me that that's not what I need to do. So then I kind of got the guts, kind of came to the realization and restructured for myself that, no, like I'm going to tell them what I need. I'm going to tell them what I want, what I desire. I'm going to tell them what's not okay with me. I'm going to, because I've always kind of been that type of person, but I think once I got into the professional world, I thought I had to be different. And so I, I was being what I thought was professional. But then I learned what professional really meant for me. And I'm sure I'll relearn some things or learn more things because, my career life, my job life has been so up and down that, you know, I'm on a down right now. So I'll be entering back into that once my health is better, which is projected to be pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I'll go from there. But I would say out of all that, just... Don't be afraid. Say what you got to say. Be direct. Don't try to beat around the bush too much. Of course, I do, I do believe like a little bit of like a little bit of padding. Consider your source. Like you've learned these people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just ease into it while learning someone. But I wouldn't say that means like um, just doing what they say but maybe kind of just be gentle with your words at first and then maybe ease into like, you know, you 
we all know the feelers. Like, you can feel the vibe, the energy of the person. So, and then, you know, you learn from their actions who they are. So, I would just say, don't be afraid to speak up and say it. Timing is key, and I believe that for, like, all facets of life. So, timing it, which that could be a... I'm not even going to go into all the details of that. But timing is is key. It's not like you got to like, you know, thought vomit everything to the person at once. Actually, I think that's probably not the best unless you've learned that that person is that way. But I don't think most people deal with like 20 assignments all at once, especially if, you know, you can go one by one and there's, you know, there's no real like timeline of when it needs to be done or when they need to know this. So I would just do that. But I don't think, you know, Staying shut mouth about majority majority of what's going on is the best option. I think discussions need to happen. And in the, in the professional world, like in the forms of meetings, you know, like we need to meet about it and discuss it. And when you come to the table, come with solutions. Don't just come with complaints. Come with solutions. Don't just say, I don't like this. And this, you know, made me feel that type of way. You got to be your own advocate in the way of you got to treat people how to treat you. So this is what happened. That's not going to work. This is what should have happened. And then maybe y'all can come to some middle ground or maybe they'll meet you all the way. Don't just come with complaints. Come with solutions. Yeah. I think that's. Very important, too, instead of just having the complaints. Because I've learned that um, when you are dealing with either coworkers or your bosses, supervisor, managers, whatever, you have to... It's a it's a balancing act overall. But, yeah. but at the same time, you just want to make sure that you are expressing and articulating what you want to to them, but also being mindful of the source, like who they are, how they respond, because you learn this behavior, you learn this pattern through interactions over however long you're there. So you kind of gauge how they are in different situations and talking with them. And once you do that, then you just go off of that and do everything you can to make sure that whatever you have going on gets heard. And then you come up with a solution mm-hmm. or you have a solution in mind. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, I'm th- I think I think this could work. Or, you know, to me, I think this would be better in this situation versus you just coming with complaints because then it looks like, for some people, it just looks like, well, you're not really um, invested or trying to do the best you can. You just want to sit around and, complain about stuff and unfortunately when you're dealing with businesses and companies I mean there's a culture in that in itself especially in corporate America there's definitely a culture and there's different cultures at each place so also realizing that sometimes that place might not fit your what you need out of a company culture and being able to be like this is not for me and walking away when you're able, obviously not everyone's just able to just give up their job because, oh, the company culture doesn't work for me. No, 
that's privileged to be able to do that. But once you realize this company culture is not for me, making those steps to secure another place with another, with a different culture and getting out of that as soon as you're able to, you know, being realistic here. People just can't drop their jobs because, oh, I didn't like the culture. Nah, we still got to eat. We still got to live. But that would be the next goal is to get away from it. Once you realize there's no sense of staying, if you, once you can get out of it, bounce out of it. Exactly. Yeah, that. Anything else? Not that I can think of. Yeah, that professional life and personal life is the overall balancing act. But from mm-hmm. my experience, I know it's definitely um, a stressful balancing act at times especially um, with professional life. So I think overall just gauging your situations and knowing the people involved, and that's really going to be the key things to formulating your approach and coming with the solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we pretty much summed that one up today. Yeah. The last one was pretty long, so we won't hold you guys yeah. too much longer today. So, I think I've used this before, but I just think time and a place for everything is a good quote. It's my favorite quote. There's a time and a place for everything. And I think once you apply that, you will find yourself in the best situation possible in all situations. Not all situations are great, but you can make them a little bit better by applying that there's a time and a place. Right. <laughs> there's a car alarm going off, and I'm very shocked that our dogs are not losing their mind. Very good. All right. Song association game. I want to beat you this time. <laughs> Too many ties. We got a little bit of time today, so... Best two out of three. That's how we're going to start. Okay. Press. Hmm. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. Press, 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 Cardi don't need more press. (laughs) That's the song I was thinking of. And you sang it wrong, but I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. And your word is... Rock. Rock a bye, baby. (laughs) The tree town. That counts. Okay, fine. That's a song. It is. Okay, fine. I want to rock with you all night. Yes. Three, I got two, this ice box where my heart 
used to be. I got That's this icebox where my heart used to be. Uh, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. Uh, uh, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. Maria! <laughs> the Yeti. Right. You guys watch the um, Mass Singer. Mass Singer. We love that show. <laughs> so sorry if we just ruined it. But Omarion's the Yeti. And I knew it from like his second act. I think I was guessing his first time. And then the second the second one I was like, oh, it's Omarion. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was him. Um Your turn, Mr. Keemer. You done got both. Let's see. Uh. Oh, okay. How? How many ways I love you. Oh, how I love you. Let me come through ways. Ooh, okay. I sang that good, y'all. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Fan. Did I do that? I think I did that one before. Oh, well, fan. Fan? What the heck? Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. You're my number one, one fan. No, that's not the What's song. What's that? Dang, I was trying to do. <laughs> For real, in the uh, Kanye West number one. Nope, you didn't get it in time. Ah, ah. If I win this, if I get this one, I beat your booty tutor. Okay. Booty tutor. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Fan. I was thinking Backstreet Boys. Because, Mom, you always were the perfect fan. Oh, goodness. You know that song? Makes me cry. Used uh-uh. to. Anyway, um, I was looking at the fan over there. So I was literally thinking of a physical fan, like a, a machine. But Okay, so it's my turn. Yeah, um, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to win. I'm going to beat you. Go ahead. Light. It's funny because I was going to do that. Light. Mm-hmm. Ten. Nine. Eight. Lights. Seven. Camera. Action. Six. Is <laughs> the Justin Timberlake song. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing Beyonce. What? Lights, camera, action. Hallelujah. Actually, I was going to sing uh, Flashing. La, la, Lupe. Mm-hmm. I beat you. Okay. I beat you! <gasps> I won! Actually, flashing lights was Kanye West, but that's okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wasn't Lupe on that? 
Yes. Where do I go? Flash. I think that was. I thought that was. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was Duale. Whatever, I wanted it to be Lupe Fiasco, so it is. Because <laughs> he's from Chicago, too. Okay. Right, that's why they sound the same. <laughs> Anyhow, I probably really lost that one. But I'm going to say I won because I want to win so bad. <laughs> okay. I win. You lose. Mwah. Love you. Thank you for listening. Make sure you rate and review if you like what you hear. Also, like, subscribe, comment, and share with a friend. See ya!